Chris Watkin back again uh, on another Estate Agency Stories. And today I'm joined by a very nice young gentleman called Alex Campbell, who comes from Bristol. Alex has worked for a number of independent and corporate estate agents and in the last few years has set up his own estate agency. Alex, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Great to be invited. Yeah. Okay. So what I'd like to do is go back in time because uh, I like to tell these estate agency stories for the boys and girls out there in estate agency land so they can learn from the mistakes you've made, the, the good things that have happened, the trials, the tribulations, the hopes, the dreams, the fears and the frustrations. Because setting up your own estate agency is hard work, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's a roller coaster. So how old are you now at the moment? 35 now. 35. Obviously, you didn't have a tough paper around you. <laughs> okay. Um, so, are you always from Bristol? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you were born, what, in the mid-80s? 87, yeah. 87. Um, tell me a bit about your mum and dad. Um, we're from a working class background. Um, mum's a nurse. Dad's always worked in sort of manual work. Um, we, from young, grew up in an area in Bemister, which was predominantly very working class area in bristol in bristol yeah so if i if i put a clock face on bristol where would that be south bristol south bristol yeah okay uh and what did did you have any brothers and sisters I've got a sister okay yeah you, are you the oldest or the youngest yeah i'm the oldest you're the oldest yeah so what did your dad teach you growing up work ethic okay yeah and how did he get how did he do that um he's a military man um so obviously his background and his you know journey is taught him what what you know what he is today i guess um but very simply ta taught me that uh work hard and you'll reap rewards from working hard so were you um were you a uh, an army brat chid child when your dad was still in the military then no no he'd, he'd, he'd left by the time he'd, he'd left sort of two years before i was born okay then um he, he never held a particularly high rank or anything in the army so he's not that sort of he's a, a typical squaddy um and yeah, definitely from him, kind of from the early beginnings, tried to teach me that life's not fair. Okay. How, how did he do that? Just obviously by talking to me really more than anything else. But it was more of a, um, you need to go out there and get it. You need to be kind of proactive. You need to try and face up to doing new things. You need to... Um, was it was it tough love at the time? You know, you know when you're younger years and your teenage years. You yeah, I, like I, I would I would say that he, yeah, he is. He, he was probably quite tough. Um, good with it though, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 My, my but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, definitely from a. Okay. But it, ta it taught you hard work, right from wrong, and life yeah. ain't fair. Yeah, pretty much from 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 the beginning. What did your mum teach you? Slightly more softer, okay. Side to her, um, taught me that it was okay to be sensitive at times, um, and taught me that, um, yeah, kind of like to more sort of follow your passions and follow what you're most interested in. 
not necessarily to 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 chase after money whereas dad was like very focused on money was important and that you need to you know it's what makes the world go round it was those kind of but yeah yeah, yeah. Of, yeah 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 i'd say so okay. yeah and probably my personality is a little bit of both of them okay yeah yeah so did you go to college or uni or yeah so we finished secondary school did well um went on to a, a sixth form college okay uh didn't complete the a levels actually left like sort of year one why did you leave um i went into uh d doing like sort of barbering and hairdressing what made you want to go down that route um i had a friend of mine at the time she was doing it um sort of spent some time around where she was working and stuff like that and sort of I i'd say in all honesty probably fell into it more than anything else okay didn't really know what I wanted to you do at that age. You weren't your A-levels, your friend yeah. was was cutting hair, you thought, give that a go. You're yeah. talking to people, because I know you're a people person, yeah. by the fact that, you know, we've yeah. known each other for a few years. Yeah. yeah. So how long were you in hairdressing for then? I was doing that for about nearly 10 years. All right. Eight, eight years, eight, 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 between eight and 10 years, yeah. I didn't know you were you yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah. Did you set up your own? No, so um, I was in Bristol doing it, uh, and then I moved down to London and worked with quite a big firm down there. Um, sort of got to know the, the, the guys that were running the firm quite well. Um, I think actually that experience helped moving into this um, because I worked with an individual who was very flamboyant, very out there, but also a very good businessman. And I think one of the best compliments he ever gave me was um put you in a room with people or put you in um a, 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 a an area of a team and you were people want to work with you you're a people magnet yeah and he said you're like you attract people and he said i think you influence and help get the best out of people um through and I, he said to me i don't even think that you try to do it it's something that's just in, you just you you being you you can make a, 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 a let's just call it a place of work which it was you can drive a positive energy in that place and that was a really that that stuck with me that compliment and i've carried that with me and tried to carry on being the person that whatever he could see at the time really how does and and don't rush this but how does someone who worked in a big city in Bristol, because, you know, it's one yep. of the big cities at, at a premier hairdresser's, go to London, because yep. that, that's, if you don't mind me saying, that's big shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working for a big firm. Yeah. And, and don't rush this, but yep. what made you decide that you didn't want to cut people's hair yep. and wanted to sell houses? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. So they are relatable in some ways. Yes. Very... People-based, personable, and um, if I'm honest with you, I, I don't think I was ever the best at doing it. So I was okay. I was... Say, I was pull yourself down. No, 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 no. I've just been honest. Being honest. Like, okay. I, I, I was like, I was okay at it, but I wasn't the best. Um, you must have been pretty good to go to yeah, a big salon it, in London. It, or were you judging yourself against, like, the, yeah, the big... Some of dicks? the people down there... Obviously, when I got to London, we're at the top of their game. So then you're kind of dropped into a 
which is good because it makes you get better. And, so you were a big yeah. fish in a medium-sized pond in <laughs> Bristol, yeah, and then you you became a small well, fish in a big pond in London. I, I guess so, yeah. But you had to you had to yeah. pass your you had to be a pretty big fish in Bristol to get yeah. to London. It it is also a very difficult industry to dare I say it earn a a, a particularly good wage. And especially so, in London, you have to earn twice as much as everyone yeah, else. And, and you perhaps maybe you're not. And then, so it, it was a it was a financial decision also to come out of it. Okay. Did you almost hit a glass ceiling? Do you think? You, you I kind of get to the point really where I wanted to get I wanted to get, get back towards home. So I actually went to Cardiff, not Bristol, but it was you know sort of back towards that way. So I wanted to get back towards home. Um, you kind of hit a crossroads where either opening your own salon is the next route or leaving the industry really. So I left, I decided to leave the industry and I looked at uh, either mortgage advisor route um, or estate agency. And a friend of mine was working with tailors at the time, countrywide. Um, I contacted him um, I don't think they had any had it had any space at the time in Cardiff. So um, when I was because I'd, I'd taken the hairdressing back to Cardiff, I'd walked in a, to earn some money. Yeah, well, basically the firm, the London firm, were then setting up a franchise in Cardiff, and the individual that I was working with was going to become the franchisee owner. So he already had his own small salon opposite Red Homes. So I would I I got chatting to them a little bit from so, being over the road so you, from them. So you moved from London to yeah. work with the franchisee you set up Cardiff yeah. and the estate agency you eventually worked for. For a brief period of time was based opposite. Opposite. And obviously yeah. you got chatting and you're a yeah. people person. Yeah, I got chatting to them. You know when you yeah. moved to Cardiff, yeah. was the intention to be an estate agent or mortgage arranger? Um I was moving to I was moving to Cardiff with the viewpoint that I don't know if I'm gonna be in estate uh, in hairdressing for but much you didn't longer. know what you wanted to do not you not wanted to know. do something it was going to be something sales based because i thought i've got that people person element and the rest of it, i can use that um and those were the two things that i sort of earmarked really lovely that's moving into yeah okay you said you wanted to be a mortgage ranger estate agent yeah is that simply because your mate was one or did you did, had you been watching the kirsty and phil show i think oh i love property <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, but I think it was, I had two friends. One was a mortgage advisor, one was an estate agent at the time. And um, I, I, I thought, I, I sort of thought to myself, I reckon I could do that. Yeah. And I did have an interest in property. Um, yeah. So it was kind of... Kirsty and Phil. It, it, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Grand designs. <laughs> exactly. It's all, we all love that, yeah. don't we? Homes under the hammer. It's all become... Like over the last ten years, has all become more and more, you know, popular and yeah. Did you give up your hairdressing job and and just I mean, you you came in at the bottom ladder? You were yeah. a, uh, admin assistant, so stroke sales progressor. Yeah. In two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Was it how you thought it? And again, just think that you you know your first couple of weeks. Yeah. Don't think what you know now. Yeah. Is is what property was what you thought property would be? After two weeks of working for Red Homes, the same. No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Everyone thinks you ran around the countryside. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was going to be a doddle, really, but it's far from it. Yeah. Did you, at any time during those couple of years at Red Homes, yeah. have any wobbles at all? Yeah. Well, um, 
actually and honestly I was only there for about six months and uh, the reason why I moved on to my next place of work was because they actually couldn't afford to keep me at the, in the company. So I guess actually my first taste of estate agency is um, how much you really do rely on your business being successful and producing something otherwise it, it will no longer be and that's why they couldn't afford to keep me on board so did they, they did fold they folded up fa fairly shortly after so did they ask you to did they make you redundant yeah yeah but did you almost walk into another job with taylor straight away uh yeah i reckon this was uh before a christmas so perhaps maybe in the late november she said to me unfortunately we can't keep you on anymore and i started with taylor's countrywide in the uh january okay so you had christmas off christmas off yeah, I'd met the regional manager for Countrywide in the, ju just before Christmas in the December, and um, I, I was relying on the time in passing a driving test to be able to get the job. And uh, James Colin at the time, I think, he did see something in, me in, in that interview in me. Um, although I had a beard and I had brown shoes on and the rest of it wasn't quite in line with their company policy i think he overlooked that and i think he could see there's someone in there there's someone there in front of me who is got some passion a bit of a go-getter and he said to me if i was to pass my driving test which i had on the new year's eve <laughs> um that there would be a job waiting for me Lovely. so yeah so did you go would you did you go straight to Valleywa or were you negging first straight negotiated stuff with okay yeah what did you like about negotiating i, I liked the people like you going out and about and meeting viewings yeah yeah out and about meeting meeting people you know meeting new clients at viewings um and it felt like a nice job with the fact that you are in an office but you've got the ability to be able to go out on appointment how quick before they got you out on valuing um like six months. Okay. Can you remember yeah. your first valuation? I can, yeah. It was yeah. in Cardiff. Did yeah. you get it? In a small one bed flat. Got it on. Eee. Yep. Came back. We all remember our first ever kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you do as well. Yep. Came back with a fee that the manager was happy with. So Good for you. Did you get yeah. it sold? Got it sold. Sh sh fairly, I didn't. None of the negotiators did. But okay. yeah, the dynamics of what was meant to happen happened. Good stuff. Well done, mate. Yeah, yeah. So um, did you find valuing, forget the money. Yeah. Did you love valuing more than negotiating? Absolutely. Yeah. You found your yeah. niche. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost you were having the one to one interaction. Yeah. Like you did with the hairdressing, but yeah. you haven't got to cut people's hair or get, get, get products on your hands. No, no. And I loved the element of challenge. Um if they were saying, Oh, I was getting three valuations, I, I relished it. It was uh it, it yeah, the competitive side of me came out then. Do you you know when you lose a valuation, yeah. does it feel like a, a stake has gone through your heart? It, yeah, it kills. <laughs> yeah. Does it still kill? Yes, it does, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does hurt. Because I, you know, I genuinely yeah. believe, and I'm not, you know, that that is a weakness of the industry. Yeah. That we could put 10 houses on the market yeah. and you lose number 11. Yeah. And, it, and you might as well. It happens to me. Yeah. Eight go on, lose two, and those two that I've lost hurt. Um, and because I, it should, they yeah. should, the emotion of winning and the emotion of losing, I oh know they're positive and negative, yeah. should be the same, but it yeah. isn't, is it? No. And I, I, I never blame the client. It's their, it's their choice. 
it's their house, it's their decision. I blame myself always. And I ask myself, why? Why did I lose that one? What did I do wrong? Yeah, but that's better than most valuers because mm. they blame the vendor saying overvaluing or fees. Where did you get that? Because that is quite a rare skill in a state agency to not blame your, to not to yeah. take self-responsibility. Yeah. But I Were feel... you always like that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very self-critical. That comes back. Do you think that comes down from what your dad taught you? Poss possibly. That life's unfair and, you know, it's, it's, you can't win them all sort of attitude. Um, but do you think by thinking that way that you lose less because you think to yourself, well, shit, I could have done that better? A hundred percent. I come out of that evaluation and if in a day or two they've... I, in all fairness, I, I norm, normally always get a client email me or they do let me know. It's very rare that a property just goes on the market and I'm not notified by the client. So I do feel from that respect that I've obviously done enough to earn the respect that I deserve a message back or to be told why that they've decided to go elsewhere. Um, and then I do, for that day, scrutinise myself. and That day? That's a long day. That's... Yeah, yeah. Scrutinise myself as to... As to why not, I I could then go and win another eight or nine, and I will still go back to that one that was lost two months ago. And like like the conversion rate I'm running that is really quite good, and but I still focus on talk fake. We could talk numbers, you know. Let's say out of twenty four appointments, sixteen have been won, eight have been lost. Now is that eight lost to another agent or eight not come on the market? Eight lost to another agent. 16 come on with me and you think you go back through those appointments and you um you, you want to research why you want to because i want to know is there something that we need to learn from it as a company myself and my business partner andy will discuss that quite a lot um do, do, do we need to evolve do we need what is there something that we need to be doing is there something that the customer has highlighted maybe perhaps in that loss which you could implement into the firm and become better do you ever follow up with a phone call asking why you lost it yeah and or, or does that now or no i we, we our businesses are even though we are together they are separate so we take ownership over our own okay. businesses just just an idea yeah. is they're more likely to tell you the truth to someone who's not you true yeah yeah just just a thought there yeah. boys and girls you know yeah. get a colleague to yeah you know i know you've lost it but yeah, and the true art is making them feel that they want to come back to you because I I find it fascinating that an agent will get three agents out, agent A, B, and C. Yeah, okay, and they go on with agent B for whatever reason. Let's say they overcooked the valuation; it was a cheap fee, whatever. Yeah, and it's on for twenty weeks. Yeah, which agent will the vendor go back to at the end of the twenty weeks? They'll go back to the agent that actually told them the value that they that what? is realistic. Yeah, they actually go to Agent D. Right. Okay. In most cases. Yeah, yeah. Because Agent A and Agent C, who lost it, didn't make it easy for the vendor to make contact. And this is where yeah. I, I know you care, but most valuers, they don't make it easy for the vend. You know, if let's just say someone overvalues a property. Yeah. You, if the vendor comes back. You, the vendor's going to say, well, you were right and I was wrong. And yeah. no one's going to make a phone call saying, I want to, I'm want i going to look stupid. No. So therefore, we as estate agents, and again, just a lesson for you boys and girls out there in the estate agency land is, please, 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 if you lose a valuation, over-communicate. Make it easy for them yeah. to come to you so they don't feel stupid. I, I think 
I was perhaps maybe a victim of my own success in some ways. When I set this company up in the locality that it was in, it was a fresh idea and it was, I didn't lose anything for probably a good six months to nine months. What do you mean I, use what? For what? Use anything? No, I didn't lose anything. You didn't lose anything? No. I, I probably for nearly the first year, every single appointment I went to, I was taken on the market. Okay. Um, I think it was because a lot of those people were m maybe drawn to that model, perhaps, uh, have been recommended through somebody else from knowing me prior. But you're losing them now? A little bit more, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Why? Um, I think that towards the quarter back at like around quarter four last year which is 2022 yeah i started to be careful with my valuations um in terms of your pricing pricing okay. yeah um and i lost uh i lost a couple on on price um yeah which is you know naturally going to happen as the market changes mm -hmm. um and fee on two occasions okay um as uh, I'm, I'm not the cheapest estate agent no. out there. Well, at um, the end of the day, it's not all about the numbers. It's about the money that you earn and what yeah. the difference you can make to people. And I know you yeah. do that because you get a lot of good feedback. Let's come back yeah. to your story. Yeah. You you left Taylor's after a year and went to Chapel Matthews yeah. in Bristol. Which is, is all it... within the Countrywide brand. Yeah. All oh, right. So still yeah. within. So yeah. you wanted to move back to Bristol to the family. been working in Cardiff as a negotiator and valuer. And then... Um, Moved back to Bristol due to personal reasons. Okay. Was it good to be home? Yes. Yeah. Can't be a bit of Brizzle, can you? No. Yeah. Dude, it's a lovely city, if you don't mind me saying. Thank you. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We and the, uh, and the lads, we've been a few times. Because you can get a train from Grantham to Bristol and still be there for nine o'clock. Right, you know? okay. And it's bloody miles away, isn't it? I should have got that today, then. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still within the, the countrywide network. Yeah. And then you moved almost straight a year later from senior valuer to branch manager. Yeah, back into the Taylor's brand. So the Chapman and Matthews branding of Countrywide was uh, a little bit more sort of high end. Okay. Dealing with. So, what, in Bristol? So what, yeah. around the Clifton area? Yeah. Oh, I love it around there. It's yeah. Really nice. Yeah. It's lush, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I'm dealing with value now really yeah. quite up there, you know, so yeah. a million plus. Um, yeah. And that brings Did, a certain type of clientele and yeah. Did you have to learn pretty quickly just to, that they are still homeowners, but you yeah. have to deal with them a little bit differently, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you know, perhaps you do go in there speaking a little bit better than normal, <laughs> you know. And, but I, I think if you come across as polite and well-mannered and listen, yep. so they are, everyone's the same really, humans are all the same, aren't they? If you listen and take an interest in what they are interested in, um, they're going to want to use you to be honest. They're going to want to work with you. I think that's a lesson for for, for all estate agents. Mm. I think a lot of people on the foul. It's not about almost plug and play. This is my valuation. No. The more you listen, the more you'll you'll get back because that's yeah. what all people want. Yeah. How different? You know, when you went back to Taylor's to be branch yeah. manager, were yeah. you still valuing at the same time? I was because the branch was going through uh, changes. That particular branch. This was now taking me back to this branch was located where I was from, where I grew up. In South Bristol? In South Bristol, South East Bristol, yeah. So did the job come up? So the job the job came up and you went for it or did they approach you? The regional at the time said to me that I don't think Chaplain Matthews is as suited to you as what this will be. 
um, he knew that I wanted to go that that he knew that if I put put me back in that branch, it would be very much suited to me being from the area and know lots of people in the area, um, it, a lot of connections in the area, um, and he wasn't wrong. I started to turn that branch around from failing to doing quite well. So was this your first time actually managing people? Yeah. So was this the first time that you were actually responsible for people, managing them? First time I was actually responsible and managing people, yeah. How did that go? It went quite well, actually. Did they put yeah. you on any training or did they throw you in the deep end like the rest of us? No. You threw me in the deep end. <laughs> and I tried a very nicey-nicey approach with people. Yeah. What, you, what, you treat them like human beings? Yeah. Wow. And That's a bit... That's a bit cutting edge, mate. <laughs> but did you, but you got you. <coughs> so you weren't beating them up because they missed the target by one KPI or anything. Absolutely like that. not. No, um, I think that my approach was to build a friendship relationship. Um, also, got to keep it professional. But yep, can't be their best mates. Can nope. You? But it was definitely let's 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 build up a trust, like let's build up trust with one another, and then. If at the end of the week you said, oh, Al, I've, I've sold five houses this week. Do you mind if I finish up a bit earlier on Saturday? Yeah, go on. Why not? You know, good for you. Well done this week, you know, for that. And how long were you branch manager there for? Probably about just under a year, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you're moving quite quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some, and a lot of it was to start off with was personal life. Yeah. And then it was... Probably chasing after, if I'm if I'm completely honest. Be honest. Yeah. Probably never happy. So maybe jotting about trying to find happiness. Except for the spice of heart time, which I was enticed by. A, so that's yeah. so you left. Yeah. So you were you were enticed. Yeah. To do a cold start. Yeah. In. Yeah. Whereabouts in Bristol? Back in Clifton. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Cold start. Cold start. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting because, you know, I'm going to use my words here. Uh, Hotter, a very good estate agent, quite, if you don't mind me saying, ballsy. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's not a criticism, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I've got a lot of respect for the guys. Yeah. Um, how did that go? Because, you know, big, brash... Yeah, door knocking, leaflet through door, we're brilliant, that sort of stuff. Which again, I'm not criticising. That's no, just their no. style. No, absolutely. Um, I don't think it suited my personality. Did it suit Clifton? No. Well, so okay, all right. So, how did it go? I mean, how long you were there for a year? Six months. And you left. Yeah. Clifton is, you know, outside London is. Probably one of in the top five posh areas outside yep. London. Yeah, they were wanting Hart were wanting a flagship posh office. Yeah, right. You know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but they were using their more uh, yeah normal techniques. Yeah, and I'd say the branding is quite colourful. It's quite bright, and I think that the clientele right in there are perhaps more conservative. Okay, and that Richard Harlins are an agent in Clifton that are very well established and are very preferred in that area. So so what did you like about working for Hart? I liked the focus that they had on marketing. They are very good at that. Yeah. Good photography. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they did video courses at did they do video courses with you at that time or that, that just before? Came a bit later on I think. 
Okay. Yeah. So good photography courses. I know yeah. that for a fact. Yeah. Um, but it just wasn't working. It just didn't work out for you. You were there six months. Yeah. You just didn't feel right. No. No. So you went to the big, you were, you were loving the purple. So you went to purple bricks. <laughs> <laughs> so this should be an interesting one. So this is 2017. Yeah. Okay. Still purple bricks one. So this is, yep. so that's when the, the Bruce's was... was still there. Yeah. Well, yeah. not, it's only been two years old at that point. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah. Everyone says it was like a big family. It was amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You went to their famous conferences. Yeah. And if you yeah. could have, you know, yeah. I know you're running your own business now. Yeah. And I know, you, I know you're happy now, but you also yeah. want to progress on. But yeah. would you say that that's been the happiest time of you as an employed estate agent? Yes. Self-employed at his home. Come but, on, mate. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Don't put it on, mate. <laughs> you can say, if you've got to say, okay, self-employed. Way there. Okay, then. Whatever. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But, okay. Yes. Working for an organization, whatever yep. your tax status is. Yeah. <laughs> winky wink. Was that your happiest time? It was. Why did you, what was the passion? What was the, it was like, a, people say it was like a big family. Talk because we felt like we were part of something together. It, 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 it felt like, dare I say, it felt like a movement, a cult in some ways. Yeah. Um, but it was so enjoyable. You were working with like-minded people and for the first time you were taken away from that branch setup, you felt like you did have the freedom and flexibility. And um, I think Kenny and Michael created a culture. Amazing people, good friends of mine. I'm yeah. happy to, you know, they've been on the sofa. Uh, yeah. With that's been on twice, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. What, um, without criticizing, yeah. when did it begin to change? Uh, I was there for three years. I'd say that the changes started happening probably in about a year or two. Which would, what, be 19? 19. Is that, so that's when Kenny and Michael... Both left. Both been out of the business. And, yeah. and that magic, that, did, that, did it go overnight or did it slowly go? Um, I, I'd say that actually probably quite noticeable in a three-month period from them leaving. Um, after, after Kenny left, which was a little bit later on. Yes. Um, I'd, I'd say that shortly after, it, 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 that fizzle, that spark had gone. And it kind of just felt like a corporate estate agency. Very quickly. Felt like I was back working for companies that I've worked for in the past. How did that make you feel? Um, like I needed to go and do something. <laughs> now, you set up your own estate agency. With Andy. With Andy. It was EX Purple Bricks. It was he Purple Bricks yeah. as well. My, myself and Andy met back in Taylor's Cardiff. Um, when I was the neg valuer, Andy was the branch manager. He, then, but he was yeah. in Cardiff. So yeah. why why did what's the advantage of setting up a business with one person in Cardiff and yeah. one in your in Bristol? Good question. Um so obviously he's actually in Swansea. So Okay, yeah. there he goes. Then. Yeah, yeah. So he knows his locality. Um he's very interested in your local article recently. Yeah, yeah. He he knows his locality very well in that area. Um although he's not from the area, he's been in that area for a long time. Um, and I know the locality that I'm in in Bristol, in that area, very well. I mean, yeah. what advantages are you? Have you got? Okay, you got one website and probably one CRM. So yeah. what? So we can cover we can we can cover costs together. Okay. Which helps. Um, it'd be, be a bit harder for me to have set up on my own and okay. taken on that burden of cost. Um, but actually, as an individual that I'm, I, I get on very well with, and I do think that our ideas bounce off of each other. 
and there's an alignment in what we agree with the way that we feel estate agency perhaps should go would you would it be fair to say that you've got into you've got two you've got one business but really it's two and what you've really bought is a little bit of sharing of costs but actually yeah. in reality someone who's going through the same pain as you yeah actually yeah is that, is that it in a nutshell yeah, yeah. we've been through the same journey and perhaps we share the same sort of outlook on why we're doing what we're doing now so you decided to set up your own business by which time yeah. you'd met your partner jade yes that's right okay yeah yeah um, well the business got set up beforehand actually okay then. yeah and then you met jade who's your shortly partner. after yeah okay then yeah she from bristol she is yeah good stuff um what does jade bring to you as a person Jade is very calm, very relaxed. Um, she is very quiet, meek. So sort of everything that she is, I'm not really. One of, the, one of these people that probably doesn't say much, but when she does, you listen. Yeah, and yeah. She, she's actually very spiritual, um, sort of got sort of a philosophical sort of approach on things and... And do you feel that she, she's made you a more rounded person and probably a better human being? I and do. probably a better estate agent? I do, because I, I think that Jade's outlook, from a spiritual point of view, is if you, if you, if you bring that into um, your estate agency, um, you're, you're certainly going to be more open, you're going to be more empathetic, um, and you're going to be able to relate to people more, and you're going to stop looking at it as a, a number business and yeah. start to look at it more as a people business. Because I think we're so lucky that we basically help people move from one chapter of their life to another. And I, you know, I bang all about it constantly on social media. Don't see yeah. it as a transaction, see it as a relationship. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah, and I, and I think as soon as agents see it that way, A, I think we'll be happier. And ultimately we will earn more money. Not that we do it for the money, but no. the Kenny Bruce made a very good comment actually while I was at Purple Bricks. And that was chase after success. And um, if you chase after the success and you become successful, the money will just be a byproduct of your success. And that stayed with me as well. Too right. So a very wise man. You said you were self-employed with Purple Bricks, but let's yeah. be frank. Yeah. I'm going to make a statement. You might not disagree with yeah, me, yeah. but most of the vowels came in because of the brand, not yeah. because of what you did. Yeah. Surely you were shitting yourself about handing your notice in and starting your own agency? 100%. I've been trying to do it for 18 months and I've been kept on talking myself out of doing it. Um, the regional at Purple Bricks at the time, I, I, I sort of made some noises about perhaps going it alone and giving it a go. And it was always said to me, what will you do? Where will your vowels come from? How will you generate vowels? So using fear? Yeah. And let's be honest, I know that's a bit naughty, but yeah. you'd do exactly the same if the roles were reversed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got lucky because I got caught out in Tenerife in the pandemic where I couldn't get back. And uh, my sister very kindly stepped in and helped out with the purple brick stuff. Uh, but it gave me time to really think. What do you mean she stepped? She went in and did the valuing? Yeah, yeah, she started doing the valuing. Was she an estate agent? No, no, but she did very well at it, actually. <laughs> Is she still in the She's thing? a lawyer. All right. So she's very good at, you know, she could be a very good estate agent if she wished. Um, and she t took over the role while I was away for three months. 
Andy had already set up the moving new branding and whatnot and the rest of it. So it kind of was in the pipeline. Um, and he'd been saying to me, you know, jump on board, come on in and the rest of it. Um, and I think that time in Tenerife gave me a time to decide, do you know what, I'm going for it. Can you remember when you handed your notice in? Yes, I rang them up and I said to them that when I get back, um, so I think it was early March of 21, I said, when I get back, I, I won't be coming back to working with you guys. And just left it like that. So you started when? Spring 21? Spring 21. And now we're in spring 23. Yeah. So two years in. Yeah. What would you do differently this time? I would have gone VAT registers from day one. Okay. That would be one of the things that I would have done differently. What else? I would have uh, the marketing and branding that I've got now um, with quite a large face on the board and the rest of it. I'd have done that from day one. So personal branding. Personal branding. Would have yep. done that from day one. And um, I would have established a more consistent with Andy, a better, more consistent CRM system that we would have worked and maintained and used from the beginning rather than chopping a couple of times. What's the future for you? That's a good question. Um, I've just recently um, attracted a subcontractor to work in the business, Natasha. Natasha's covering a, a, another area of Bristol. Uh, predominantly BS15 and she comes from a, a mortgage background so she's not actually an estate agent from the off but she has got the passion, drive, ambition and tenacity that I think that it takes to be a successful estate agent and I would like to see two, three, maybe four others uh, coming on board with myself in the Bristol area um, so that we've started to grow a Bristol team. That's where I'd like to see it go. Uh, Alex, thank you for your time today. That's been very inspirational. We've got some great learnings uh, of what you do differently, um, talking about shooting yourself when you're handing your notice in, but you're only here once, aren't you? Exactly, yeah. And, and I think a big thing is people often fear what other people are going to think about them. Fuck them, I say, get out there, because if you're as good as you think you are, you'll succeed. Thanks for your time today, mate. Thank you.